awesome podcast. Toot toot. Toot toot, everybody. I'm Big Hell Dottie. And I'm the bravest possum in the land. You would call yourself the bravest possum in the land. Yep, that's how I'm introducing myself tonight. Well, I suppose it won't trouble you at all then that I heard one of the Tuttle Boys is on his way to the studio here tonight. <laughs> he is not coming over. You're lying. Tuttle Boys ain't coming over. But I'll bet there's tons of stuff that would frighten you, like, say, a spider. I just squish that old spider. I tell you what, I ain't scared of that spider, even though it's Halloween time. What about a snake, Mr. Possum? <laughs> no big deal. I'd take that snake, and I'd whip it around like a whip. watch I'd whip <laughs> the spider with it. What about Darth Vader from Star Wars? What if he, what if he walked in here? Mm, is he in my closet? Yeah. Let's say he's in your closet while you're sleeping. He's going to pop out at any time. Oh, and he's breathing like that? Yeah. Is he is he here because of me, or is he looking for Luke? He's here because of you. Because of me? Yeah. And he's in the closet. Is he wearing my clothes, or is he wearing that spooky old black cape? He's wearing the spooky old black cape. Oh, I'm scared you'd say that. He don't have no fun hat on. He's still got that weird black hat on. He looks the way he looks in the movies. Uh, let's just save a little time here. You know, he can he can choke you with his mind. You know that? I do know that, and that's why he's here. He wants to jump out of your closet in the middle of the night and say some spooky stuff to you with his weird voice, and then he wants to choke you with his mind. See, I don't like that, because I don't got no leverage. I'm not his boy. I can't be like, don't hurt me, I'm your boy. Well, the thing is, it turns out you are his boy. Oh, he's in there showing possum. You're my boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, in the dark. I hate to hear that. What would you do, Darth Vader, coming out of your closet? You ain't so so brave. First, I would tell him that he looks cool. And then I would ask him where he gets, like, his boots. So you're just going to try to lick that Vader boot. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to taste Vader boot if he steps out. You can suck up to him all you want, but even if you're best friends, he's just going to throw you down a hole eventually. <laughs> Well, that's probably true, Mr. Possum. That's a good point. And it's a good thing that he's not there, then. Oh, what a relief. So glad Vader's not really there. I was getting scared. Well, and speaking of fears, tonight on the show, Mr. Possum and I are going to count down the top five things we're the most scared of. Yeah, we're counting down our most fearsome fears tonight. Top five fears. So when we come back, we'll have our number five... Most Frightful Fear. Big Isles 
opening up to you, tell you what we're most afraid of. Mm-hmm, that's true. It's very brave of us. It is. To describe the stuff we're afraid of. It's brave to be vulnerable. Big Hal, what's your number five? My number five top fear is being attacked by a wolf man. Ooh. I mean, yikes. If the thought of a hairy half-man, half-wolf stalking you through the fog on a crisp full moon doesn't send chills up your spine, I don't know what to tell you. And then there's the gamble. The gamble? The wolfman's gamble. You see, Mr. Possum, the wolfman is either after you for food or to propagate more wolfmans. Mm-hmm. You might end up in the belly of a critter. You might end up a critter. There's no telling. But which is worse, Mr. Possum? Death or spending 12 nights a year prowling the moonlit earth for human flesh? Uh, death is worse, Hal. I've done both. You've done both? Yeah, I've prowled around and I've been food and prowling's better for sure. Okay. And who knows what kind of skills you pick up when you become a wolf man, too. You might be a really good electric guitar or basketball or... Might improve my sense of smell. Could. I could uh, maybe... Get a job finding out if people have gas leaks in their homes. You could be a sniffer. You could get a better job. Yeah, that makes sense, Mr. Possum. But I just don't know if I want to have the souls of those who've succumbed to my late night hunger on my conscience for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a hassle, but is it scary? I mean, it's kind of scary. Why? Scary to be out of control of what you do. Scary to lose control. You'll never get drunk. Well, I mean, come on. Being a wolf means tight. It's you can do what you want. My wife would probably view it kind of similar to me getting drunk. Well, lock Big Al in the barn tonight. He's on one. He's on one, yeah. She's already used to locking me out in the barn when I'm on one. And it's really the same deal because she'll be hiding the silver bullets, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's true. Toot toot. Toot toot. Mr. Possum, what's your number five top fear? My number five is Pinhead and all them Cenobites. Oh, the Cenobites. Oh, I hate them Cenobites. Yeah, you've had a little personal experience with them, haven't you? Oh, yeah, there's that one time I was at Cracker Barrel. Uh-huh. And I solved the wrong puzzle thing. I was trying to do that puzzle, that ignoramus triangle thing. The triangle with the golf tees stuck in it. Yeah, my table didn't have that one. You know, they only had this weird little golden box. Yeah. And it was real easy, and I solved it. Next thing I know, the walls open up, and there's this creepy blue light, and all these, like, country center bites come out. Uh-huh. And they're carrying farm equipment, and they each got their own little thing, their own little thing that makes them creepy. Right. One's got a bunch of hay stuck in his shoe, and he looks all uncomfortable. One of them has a donkey's tail. The donkey's tail center bite is surprisingly the creepiest one. Mm-hmm. Because he just hates it. He must have hated donkeys as a human because he hates to have that old tail. Mm -hmm. You can tell. Anyway, they drag me down to that place they drag their victims to because I solved the box. And they overfed me. Uh They put me in a leather suit and they renamed me. They called me Stuffy. Stuffy. Stuffy, that was my center bite name. <laughs> I think I might have to start calling you Stuffy. Don't. It was a dark time in my life. They dragged me along on their missions, and other victims would solve a box, and I'd have to go in there and be like, Hello, I'm Stuffy. I'm here to drag you to your new suffering place. It was a bad time. From what I understand, the Cenobites work hard, but I imagine they party pretty hard, too. You would think so. I would think you'd have had some fun nights out on the town with the Cenobites. 
I mean, yeah, we went out and partied after hours and stuff, but still, like, I was like the jump in the group. I wasn't the cool guy was me and you. I was more like, hey, Stuffy, go get me some more peanuts. And they'd all laugh. Mm. I was the nerd amongst the center bites, and I didn't like it. Did you go get them more peanuts when they asked for them? Yeah, because they got them chains. You know, they'll throw chains at you and stuff if you don't do what they want. Hey, Stuffy, go get me some more peanuts. That's how it was. I'm saying I would like you to go get me some more peanuts. Mm, you better get some spikes on your head before you start giving me orders, son. I ain't gonna get you no peanuts. Wow. Santa about you seems almost more fun. You know, I heard that a lot. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Now that I don't work with them no more, I, they're actually my buddies. Wait, what? The I get along, yeah, I get along with them real good. Yeah, we play pool on Tuesday nights. Wow. Yeah. Can I come? Uh, let me ask. No. Uh. <laughs> Here's little Al Dolly with Cinnabite High School. Counting down our top five most frightening fears tonight yes. on the show. What scares us? Well, tell you. And we're down to our number four. Big Al, what's your number four fear? Possibly my number four fear is being set on fire. It's a classic. Now, this one seems like it really stinks. And not just because of all the burning. It just seems like a real raw deal. I've been scared of being set on fire ever since I was a little kid playing Salem Witch Trials with the neighborhood children. And so I have walked a strict path these many years, Mr. Possum. And it's been specifically with the goal of avoiding wicker men, bear suits, trials for heresy or witchcraft. Hey, do you have a political candidate you want me to support? I have one question. Do they think public immolations will give them luck and strength on the battlefield? If so, count me out. I'm not supporting that. Not interested. 
No, I don't want to talk politics on this show, Big Al. Can we just establish that as a baseline? It's divisive. Okay. Did, we know. don't want to offend anybody who's super into public immolations. Hey, but, you know, they, they could be good people. I don't know. What if you was one of them marshmallow man? Would you still have that fear of being set on fire? If I was a marshmallow man. Yeah, if you was that big old Stay Puff. If I was Mr. Stay Puff. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would probably be my number one and not my number four. Really? If I was a Stay Puff? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the one thing that gets him. Don't you like the smell of a nice s'more? I don't think Stay Puff does. You have to imagine that in the long history of the evolution of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, that they developed an inherent dislike of the smell of their own keister burning. I don't believe that, because s'mores smell delicious. Do you realize how dumb you sound? Oh, s'mores don't smell good. I'm sorry, 10 out of 10 smells good every time. I don't care if you're made of it. I think you're having <laughs> trouble putting yourself in the mind of a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I guess I am. I guess I just can't picture being delicious and not liking the smell of my own stuff. Well, go on and live in that beautiful dream, Mr. Possum. I think I will. The rest of us have to live here on Earth in reality. What's your number four? My number four is unsweet tea. (laughs) Oh, the horror. What? What? Oh, Big Hal, can you imagine? Somebody hands you a big tall glass tinkling ice with that brown liquid, and you think it's going to be sweet. And you take a sip of it. But it ain't sweet at all. Ooh. Just regular old northern tea. Ugh. Just some iced tea with no sweetness in it at all. Bitter repugnant soup. What nightmare wet is this? Imagine it, Al. A night not unlike tonight. And I'm seated in my chair. Lost in my reverie. When a waiter in a white coat came over and he said, Sir, would you like some tea? And I said, "Mm, uh, let me think. Oh, yes, of course. And he hands me a glass of brown. And it is a sweatin'. Looks refreshing. I brought it to my nasty old lips. And I took a swill. And boy, oh boy, was it not sweet at all. Easily the worst moment of my entire life. Wow. So just regular unsweet tea then. Hmm. Yes, sir. One of the worst things that's ever happened to you. It's the worst thing that can happen to anybody. Well, I don't know. I kind of like unsweet tea, Mr. Possum. Curse your grainy palate. Oh, if you so much you step closer to me, you tea devil. All right. Well, takes all kinds. Oh, be gone from this place, you cretin. Take the bitter contents of your belly and throw yourself off the face of the earth. We're counting down our top five fears. Big Al, what's your number three? My number three most frightful fear is the pit and the pendulum. Now, here's a situation that gives me the chills, Mr. Possum. I'm strapped to a slab of rock or an old-timey doctor's gurney. 
and a huge, sharp pendulum swings back and forth just above me, slowly lowering itself until blade meets belly. This method of destruction is designed to give you time to think, to stew on your actions, which I hate. You know me, Mr. Possum. I'll probably be begging for my phone. Yeah. Let me look at my apps. Oh, yeah, totally. Let me get on my social. Post one last gram. That's very you. Now, one thing I can't stand is the idea that there's people out there, perhaps with sinister intentions, building pendulum pits in their basements right now. I step out the front door, and I look at all my shifty, weird neighbors, and I try to imagine which one of them's got a pendulum. I can't trust them, Mr. Possum. Yeah? Which is why I'm building a pit and a pendulum in my basement for self-defense. Oh, Big Al, that's a bad idea. Possum, I'm not going to be the only guy in the neighborhood without a pit and a pendulum. But how they say you're more likely to get chopped up on your own pit and pendulum than on someone else's. They say just having a pendulum pit increases your chance of getting sliced up like a lamb chop. Well, sure, if you're stupid. If you allow yourself to get sliced up on your own pit and pendulum. You ain't got to be stupid. It's just somebody else has got to be smarter than you and get the drop on you with that pendulum. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, Mr. Possum, you're saying that I need to get anybody who's smarter than me into my pit no. to face my pendulum. No. Is that, is that what you're saying? No, sir, that's not what I'm saying. Because that's a pretty good suggestion. It's not my suggestion. You need to leave that old pendulum alone. Slice up some deli meat or something, but don't put nobody in there. Ooh, that's a good idea. Just use it to make a sandwich. Slice it as thin as you want. You like that real thin slice stuff? Go ahead, put it in the pendulum. Could take you all day to cut up a sandwich like that, though. Mr. Possum, what's your number three? Well, you're not going to like this. Pizza Bones Jones. Oh, we got to talk about Pizza Bones Jones again. I'm sorry, he's scary. Possum, you know this is a myth, right? There's not a guy walking around who's a skeleton made of pizza crust. I know it sounds crazy, but it's real. I've seen him. And even if there were a guy walking around made of pizza crust, I don't understand why that's more scary to you than a guy walking around made of bones. You would think he'd be less scary because he smells garlicky and delicious. Right. But there's something unnatural about pizza bones, Jones. Okay. Well, that's because he's not real. He's real, all right. He smells good, but he's bad. He's got this phlegmy old cheesy cough, like when you eat way too much dairy. Mm-hmm. And you got that cough, it sounds like you got a percolator in your throat. Oh, that's the call of Pizza Bones Jones. Chills my bones! Now, what do you think Pizza Bones Jones is going to do to you, Mr. Possum? Oh, you just don't get it. It's not what he can do to you. It's what he represents. Now, what, what's that mean? He represents food that I can't have. Ah, I see. Imagine trying to eat some crackers and it just gets up and walks away. That does sound like a nightmare for you. It's a nightmare. Stay put, let me eat you. What if all food was like that? Mm, See? It's a scary time of the year. That must be how a lion feels. To a lion, everything's a pizza bones, Jones. Everything seems unnatural, seems to be alive. All his food's walking around. Must be scary to be a lion. That's a good point. It must be scary to be a lion. World is just walking hokies, the walking bread. Toot toot. Toot toot. 
Big Al and Possum, brave and strong and awesome, speaking truths and tooting toots and having tons of laughs. Big Al and Possum, two good boys who'd been hollering, we'll comfort you when you are blue and call you when you're mad. Trick or treat, Big Al. Now what are you supposed to be, Mr. Possum? I'm a retail robot. I'm one of the robots that's gonna take over everyone's jobs. How scary is that? I don't think that's that scary, Mr. Possum. I'd love to have a robot do my job. Plus, having robots in retail situations greatly reduces what kind of manners are expected of me when I'm shopping. Oh, so so this doesn't frighten you? No, but it's a great costume. Thanks. Now, did you make this retail salesman robot costume yourself? No, sir, it's a store-bot. Get it? Store-bot. I'm a store-bot. Toot toot. Toot toot! Hey, Mr. Possum! Hey, big Al! I heard you got a poltergeist this week. Yep, house got took over by a poltergeist. Must be fall. How was that? It stunk. Oh, yeah? It stunk. Yeah, I hear a poltergeist infestation is not fun. You ain't never had one? I get it every year. Them ghosts get cold and come inside this time of year. I suppose that's true, but at least you get a nice variety of spooky scares with a poltergeist. And what's annoying with them poltergeists is you just never know what's real or not, you know? So here's what happened. I get woken up the other night because the tree is scratching on the window. And the wind's going like, ooh, you know a scary wind sound like that? Yep, I'm familiar. So I go, honey, bang on the old window and shut that old poltergeist up. Passing it off on the wife, huh? I work hard, Al. Okay, sorry. Wife tells me to go get on the horn with Preacher Jones and tell him we got the poltergeists. So I call him and he's a little mad because it's late, but he refers me to Ray's Tree Surface here in town. Ray, our local landscaper. Yes. Just a landscaper, huh? Yeah, Preacher Jones was like, if he can trim trees away from your windows, ain't nothing the poltergeist can do to spook you in your bedroom. Ah, uh, okay, I get it. So that gets all taken care of thanks to a couple of President Benjamin Franklins. And then we settle in for the next night of sleep. Uh-oh. Did the poltergeist show up again? You know it. This time we hear a howling in the basement, coming up from the vents. So I make the wife get up and stomp around and yell, Go away, poltergeist! While I call Preacher Jones again. Now what'd he say this time? Well, he gave me a heap of old guff, cause again it was so late. But he told me to call Hank the Furnace Man in the morning. Ah, uh, Hank, our neighborhood furnace man. Yeah, Preacher Jones said if the furnace is running properly, the poltergeist can't use it to holler at us through the fence. Ah, uh, I see. So Hank the Furnace Man comes by the next day, and after I hand him a crispy stack of Ulysses S. Grants, he sorts out all our furnace problems. Uh-huh. But then that very same night, I started hearing this weird noise upstairs in the attic. Sounds like an old TV machine. You know, all fuzzy like that, but with a voice cutting in loud. Do you have a TV in your attic? No, see, it's that poltergeist again. So I go up to see what's going on up there, and there's some little girl trapped in the TV machine in the attic. And she's saying all this scary stuff. Getting mean at me and yelling and shooting sparks out of the TV machine. Basically just giving me all manner of guff. Wow, that's crazy. So I head back downstairs and call up Preacher Jones again. 
Now, what'd he have to say this time? Well, first he spooned a mouthful of grumbling over how late it was. Then I told him about the haunted television upstairs in the attic, and he told me to call Frank, the town mechanic. The mechanic? Yeah, I said Preacher Jones. Why would I call the mechanic for a poltergeist yelling and shooting sparks at me over a TV machine? And he says, because you got a problem with an automatic transmission, Tip toot Tip toot Big Al and Boston, brave and strong and awesome, speaking truths and tip toots and having tons of laughs. Big Al and Boston, side order of taters all rotten, will comfort you when you are blue and calm you when you're mad. Boo boo. It's <laughs> a toot toot boo boo. And tonight on the show, we're counting down our top five fears a piece each of us is describing what five things we're most afraid of in this world isn't that brave of us yes it is we are two brave little boys who deserve a treat i deserve a treat certainly well we'll go walking around after this and we'll knock on people's doors and demand treats and i'll tell them to smell your feet please don't do that Trick or treat. We'll get less treats. No, 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 no. A grown man and a night creature walking up telling people to smell my feet is not going to get us the best treats. That's true. It's kind of aggressive after dark. Yeah. Big How, what's your number two fear? My second biggest fear in this life is Dustin Cransdale. Dustin Cransdale. Dustin Cransdale. This one's very personal to me, Mr. Possum. See, when I was a young man, around 13 or 14, I got into a bit of a scuffle after school with a classmate named Dustin Cransdale. A physical fight? No, it was more of a mutual roasting. Like an insult battle, you know? Like one of them rap battles, but we weren't rapping. Oh, okay, yeah. Everything was by the book and above the belt, so to speak. But I landed a pretty devastating blow to Dustin Cransdale by mentioning his hair looked like a goat's behind. Ooh. Had one of them buck cuts. Ooh, I like that. Well, this landed pretty hard on the boy, and he stopped the roast, and he told me that as long as he and I lived, he'd keep an eye on me and make sure that when I'm at my lowest moment, he'd be the one to put the final knife in my back. I think about him every day, Mr. Possum. So, he's waiting for your life to get bad. Yeah. What's he waiting for? (laughs) I know, right? My God. How bad does it have to get? I mean, geez. Look at us. Your your best friend's a possum. Well, I, I well, hold on. I don't know if you're my best friend, but uh, your best buddy in the world's a possum. I don't know? know. I don't know if that's true, but I think. I mean, I could see why, from your perspective, it would be like that. And I wonder if, from Dustin's perspective, it would be like that too. I mean, is this his revenge? Is he just watches it get worse and worse and worse? Because I gotta say, that's a pretty good scheme. Maybe he's waiting for me to get cooler friends and ditch you. Yeah. Then that's your lowest point when your best friend, who's a possum... I'm not good enough for the animal kingdom anymore. Right. That's when that knife's gonna come. Well, Dustin, uh, here's to you. You certainly picked the right guy. Possum, what's your number two? My number two fear is me in the future. Future me. You're afraid of getting old, I guess. No, I'm afraid that the me from the future is gonna one day pop in and beat me up. Oh, okay. See, I've been working on a time machine for quite some time now. <laughs> Sounds like it's a machine that takes up your time. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, it, it is. It's, it's, it's a project. You know? uh-huh. 
And I know one day I'm going to finish it because I'm get, making some progress. This thing's making sounds and stuff. And that means somewhere there's a version of me farting around through time. Uh-huh. And you know, everybody always says, well, if I could go back in time, I'd shake some sense into the younger me. You know, they always say that. Hmm. So I'm afraid that future Boston's going to be all wise and better and stuff, and he's going to come back and beat me up, take out his frustration on me. That's what you think he's going to do. Yeah, it's a perfect crime. He gets a free punching bag that don't cost nothing, and that's very me. And he knows I ain't going to call the cops on him because I love him dearly because he's me. Yeah, well, and you can't call the cops because it's not a crime. It's not a crime to beat yourself up. That's true. And he knows that because he's smart. Well, he knows that because I just said it to you. And so you'll know it in the future. Oh, you just blew my mind. Oh, my gosh. So I wonder when this is going to happen. I mean, any moment, this door could be kicked open. There's a possum with cool sunglasses on and a flat top. Yeah, bad to the bone is playing. Yeah, and he comes in here and just punches me real hard. And he's very strong. Uh Uh-huh. He's very strong, and he knows my pressure points because I talk about it all the time, and, you know, he's me. Right. So he just gets to wallop in me, and and he seems to enjoy it. I think I would get a kick out of beating up my younger self. You think so? Yeah, just looking into my younger, skinnier, smug, little privileged face that hasn't seen what I've seen and hasn't been through what I've been through. You want to punch that face. Yeah, I think I would like to punch that face. If you could beat up... A younger Big Al, which, what age would you choose to punch? Oh, probably newborn. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably pick uh, graduation day. College graduation day. Knock that stupid cap off Knock his head. Knock that stupid cap off his head and then get ready for your knuckle sandwich because life's about to hit you right in the mouth. And by life, I mean your 40-year-old self. Guess what? We're down at the number one. Numero uno fear. Big Hal, what's your number one fear? My number one fear in this world is mediocrity, Mr. Possum. Ooh, sounds meaty. I like it. Mr. Possum, this is the big one. The grim, ever-present face of mediocrity hanging over every choice I make, every song, every joke. Every time I step out of the house and walk directly into a tree, there he is, Mr. Mediocrity. Now, he comes for all of us eventually, and you don't even know when he's boxed you in. But some people get to make Jaws or Metallica's Black Album before he learns your name. But eventually, he figures out who you are, and after that, you're Poison without C.C. DeVille. So this is your number one fear. This is more scary than being set on fire. Well, being set on fire isn't mediocre. That's true. I would, at the very least, go down in history as someone who was immolated. There'd probably be some drawing of me somewhere in some uh, 
museum of the horrors of early 21st century life. Because a lot of your fears was like death-based, like the the pendulum, right? So like, that seems like your greatest fear is to be killed in a boring way or, you know, to die in a boring way. It's to die and have nobody care. Ah, yeah. The possum's life, they call it. Yeah. To die a possum. Just to be driven by and be like, oh, there's a dead owl on the road. Mm-hmm. Who cares? That Yeah, that would be the end result. Mr. Possum, what is your number one fear in this life? Hands down, my number one fear is becoming one of them unsolved mysteries. Oh, an unsolved mystery. I love that show. Yes. I love it, but it's also scary if you're the subject of it. Oh, of course. You know, imagine just living your life. And you're, you know, you're upside down in a trash can and your feet are dangling out there. And then up comes Robert Stack. He walks up in his little coat and Uh he's like, on the night of October 14th, this disgusting little creature is doing what he always does, going through the trash. And then you hear that and you're like, oh, God, this is how I die. I'm going to die in this This can. This is me. And, you know, he's going to talk about me disappearing or getting scammed. Ooh. He can make us even getting scammed sound scary. It's always a bit of relief when you find out when you're watching an unsolved mystery and you get to one of those ones where it's like, and they lost $50. Exactly. Like, if I'm upside down in that can and Robert Stack walks up, I'm going to be begging him in that can just like, Robert Stack, take my wallet. Take it. You be the scammer. Don't kill me. I don't want to be an unsolved mystery. And just like all that spooky music and stuff. Now, do you think Robert Stack would be phased by that? Do you think he, do you think the people in his mysteries could just walk up to him and hand him, I don't know, whatever you have in your wallet, like some old Bazooka Joe comics? And he would say, okay, never mind. This person was fine from then on. If I could, I would totally bribe him with some candy or something just to stay out of his mysteries. If that music starts fading in near you. That's how you know you're toast. That's how you know something unsolved's about to happen to you. I just want whatever happens to me in my life, I want it to be solvable. Yeah. I don't want to become a mystery and have people get spooked when they talk about my stuff. That's all. You know, that actually seems kind of like the sister fear to mediocrity. The obscurity that I'm afraid of in my life is kind of an unsolved mystery as well. Like the mystery is like, why did he get so boring? Yeah. What happened to him? Why does music fall off so hard even though he didn't have any fans? It almost seems like you're a time traveler punching yourself in the face. Mr. Possum, that's a beautiful poetic thought, and I think that's kind of what life is. We're all just time travelers punching ourselves in the face. Some podcast. Toot toot.